Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Not Donnie D on the backup, but Donnie K in the hizzle today. Well, he's on the phone. I think he's going to join us telephonically. Uh, welcome in. Got the boom mic back in here today. Can you hear me, Ben? I'm way down from this thing. You sound fine. You sure? Yeah. Oh, you're putting it back up. Well, it was meant to be up. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Gotta love it. Hey, uh, got some Mike Houston audio to get to here. Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, about 20, 25 past, so we got a, a lot to get into here. Uh, I had all this uh, big rant prepared for La, Be- La-, La Beijing Braun, uh, Le- LeBron James. <laughs> You're figuring it out. I, I was, I had, oh, I, pr- I had it down pat. La Beijing James. I had it down pat, but then, of course, when the mic comes on, the one that's 18 feet in the air now that I'm talking into. When it came on, I knew I'd screw it up. Uh, but uh, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm more in, I'm more intrigued. Did we get the audio from the Portland State coach? Have you heard this yet, Ben? Did we get that or no? We don't have it. Well, there you go. Um, he is, you almost have to hear the audio to appreciate it. If we don't have it, it's going to be a thing to get it. Maybe next week we could get it because this guy is one of the, I mean, he's just a lunatic. He was hired as their basketball coach and he was explaining why he drives around in a 30 year old car without air conditioning or uh, heat and how that makes him tougher and all that. It's the strangest thing. I think it's because he's broke. Well, not now he's a head coach. He's probably getting some pretty good coin. Yeah. You just got to hear it to believe it. It was just one of the strangest uh, deals. Uh, I tell you what, since we do have all these Mike Houston cuts, why don't we go ahead and jump in and do a pirate report ahead of Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, joining us. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump on that right now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, so uh, we're going to talk to Donnie Kirkpatrick about the offensive line. But uh, Mike Houston talking about, in a post-practice avail, how the lines are looking both on offense and defense. Cut two. Yeah. I I just, you know, we were talking about it um, Saturday. You know, we we finally look like an AAC team, you know, from a size standpoint on the fronts. Um, You know, we still, I still think we've got to improve some, but... uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. And, uh, you know, the, the offensive line probably is a little bit farther along than the defensive line just because they're a little bit older. Um, but really like that group that's practicing. And then uh, this is cut uh, six. Who have uh, the standouts been this spring? Coach Mike Houston. Well, I thought Keaton Mitchell. Um, I think uh, I think Taji Hudson's getting better. Shane Calhoun. uh I had a really, really good day. Um, 
thought Holton outside of maybe just one or two plays had a very solid day. Uh, you know, I think that first unit offensive line overall uh, had a solid day. Uh, defensively, um, Jaira Wilson, Jawan Powell played really, really well. I thought uh, I thought DJ Ford uh, had a really strong day. Um, and I think that's that's and Miles Berry. I mean, I think my and Miles. That's one. You know, Big John and I were talking when he was coming on the field today. I'm just that kid. I'm so proud of him. I mean, he just. You know, when I got here, just I didn't know if he had if he'd ever develop, and and now I look at him as he's one of our leaders. Uh, he's become a significant playmaker on special teams, on the defense. I mean, you're going to see him play at several different positions defensively this fall. Um, he's just become such a valuable player uh, and such a great leader and such a positive impact in our locker room. Um, you know, I thought he had a great scrimmage Saturday, but I think that's just you know one piece of you know just a really solid end of the season last year and really a great off season he's had so uh okay so this is our pirate report mike houston uh talking with the media the other day after uh practice one o'clock spring scrimmage saturday dowdy ficklet stadium weather not looking so great uh but long as it doesn't thunder and lightning go out and play right uh this is uh coach houston on his hopes for the spring game well i think just sharpen everything up uh, clean everything up. You know, we'd like to have a highly competitive day on uh, on Saturday. Um, stay healthy. Um, that's probably the most important one. Um, and just you know, finish off with a lot of positive momentum. You know, similar to the way we finished the season. Uh, this is uh, coach on what's going to happen Saturday. Is he predicting, or is he? Is this more of what he's hoping? Is this a prediction of what's going to happen Saturday? Just give them the events and like oh, the itinerary for oh, what's going to be okay. going on. Because it isn't a spring game. It's a spring scrimmage. Yep. All right, so what to expect on so Saturday? So they'll, they'll put out a, uh, a little release of it later on, kind of explain how that's going to go. And uh, I'd say it's it's you know, our final practice is this Saturday. Uh, you know, the, the kids, you know, we're not having the whole pigskin, pig out, and uniform sale, all that stuff that you normally have around the spring game. We're going to have a scrimmage in the stadium. Um, I'm excited about this program. I'm excited about these kids. I know a lot of our fan base is also, so we'll have it open to the public. Uh, if you're a pirate, uh, you're welcome to be there. If you're from another uh, clan, then you're not welcome to be there. So, uh, uh, but uh, you know, we'll have. Uh, uh, with some instructions on, you know, parking and, and, and what sections will be open and all that stuff. The athletic department will put out a release about that. All right, there you go. you think they would have one out by now. How have how has COVID and the pauses with COVID affected this uh, team? This is what uh, Coach Houston had to say about that question in our pirate report today. I, just, I think we we got to get away from the stoppages. Uh, I think that that is one thing that will hold us back from reaching what we can be this year. Uh, the kids feel it because you know it really you know we're gonna we're gonna end with a very positive spring, but I think it's nowhere near what it could have been if we hadn't had you know a two week layoff and basically start over again. Um, it's just and and the kids realize it too. You know we got a bunch of the corners back today, um, but they're you know they're they're not in very good shape. You know, they're they're rusty. And so, you know, during that whole time, everybody else is getting better and they're getting worse. And, you know, it's a competitive bunch. So that means something to them. 
So uh, I think that they, they will, be, will be motivated to make sure we don't have any more pauses, and we have to be. So I, I got to wonder, you know, I, I think all the coaches have been um, vaccinated, right? And I'm sure some of the players have, but there are some players, Coach Houston said as much, that, you know, have not been vaccinated. Uh, and we'll maybe touch on this with Donnie Kirkpatrick coming up in a few minutes, but Unless everybody on the team is vaccinated uh, for the fall, I, and I when I don't and when I say team, I'm I'm not, I'm talking about any team. How do you play? How do you pull this off? But then, how do you deal with guys that don't want to get the vaccine? You can't make somebody get the vaccine, right? Now they're making like students that are going back to Duke and Ivy League schools, but those are private schools. Those are private, you know, entities, and they have a little more. They kind of set out a design that, hey, you, we're a private entity. You got to do this. Like, they're not making students that return in the fall to ECU or coming to the fall in ECU uh, get a vaccine to attend classes. They can't legally do that. Those nuts out at App State, those granola eating hippies out in Boone, or they're, they're faculty. Bunch of losers. Those fa- that faculty tried to pass something. But I mean, the people at that school told them, look, legally, we can't enforce your decree or whatever this is that you've put forth. We smack them in September. Be nice, wouldn't it? But, I mean, you can't do that. So I'm just, I'm wondering how that will, how that'll play. But I, I, I'm assuming then we're in a, we're in a herd immunity situation. Is that right? Remember when everybody was snickering at herd immunity, by the way? Made a lot of sense to me. Well, yeah. I'm a wacko, so. Well, it's just interesting, the, the, the people who want you to follow the data and science when it comes to giving their opinions on things, they never follow the data and science. Yeah, exactly. Give you their opinion. I mean, look no further than Twitter the last couple of days. And I, I'm not even talking uh, Le Beijing. I'm talking, you know, just average uh, kind of Joe. Or just so he's an expert. Or local, uh, insert uh, the, the person in the media's name here. I mean, that's, I, I find that to be quite interesting. But, I mean, I, unless you're at a herd immunity situation, I mean, and you've got half the team vaccinated or maybe two-thirds of a team vaccinated, how do you, I don't understand how you're going you're gonna to pull that off. But then you can't make the guys get vaccinated if they're in a public institution. So that's, that would seem to me that it, it's almost like more headaches because it's fewer guys. Instead of the whole team, you're, you're you know, like some guys who might not want to hold out and get vaccinated. Uh, you got to keep testing them because that's kind of what I guess they're doing now is if you've been vaccinated, you probably aren't getting tested. But if you've, if you've not been vaccinated, you're probably still getting tested. Uh, if you're uh, a student athlete at ECU or wherever else. All right. We do need to stay on time here. Cause we've got, uh, we got Donnie Kirkpatrick. What about 25 pass? Is that what it's looking like? Okay. So we want to make sure we hit that on time. Uh, and I, we're confident we have Donnie on the phone. It won't be a Dave Parker delay. By the way, a lot of great response to the Dave Parker uh, interview the last uh, from from people. In fact, uh, somebody I was talking to in the hall here before the show uh, hosted another show down the hall. They were all geeked about it, and we're going to go back and listen to it because uh, it was one of their favorite players. He was a great guy. I enjoyed talking to him. I hope we can get him on again soon. Uh, let's break though, and uh, when we come back, you want to go ahead and do your update, Ben, because you know when you get when you wind Donnie Kirkpatrick up, he goes. He won't stop. He goes. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back with your update. I'll give a little forecast and then throw it to you to stay in that uh, 
mode of me throwing it to you. And uh, we'll give you the forecast for Saturday because it is looking a little wet. Uh, we will have Pirate Baseball tomorrow here, 12.45 first pitch, 1 o'clock, excuse me, 12.45 airtime, 1 o'clock per, uh, first pitch. Casey, are you working this weekend in the series? What's he Softball this weekend. There you go. So uh, who's softball playing? All right, look it up. All right, yeah, all right. But uh, baseball's playing UCF. We'll have the game for you at 1 tomorrow, and then game 2 of the Friday doubleheader will follow 45 minutes after. So our final show and broadcast of the week, Tulsa. Uh, look, throw out the records. ECU and Tulsa meet on the uh, softball diamond. Throw out the records, baby. All right, uh, we'll get a uh, timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll give you a look at the forecast for the weekend. This might infa- impact you, Casey. And uh, certainly could impact the spring game or the spring scrimmage, excuse me. And then Ben with an update uh, when we come back. Then Donnie Kirkpatrick for the balance of the hour. Stay tuned. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate baseball. High fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. We're a little bit away from Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Looking forward to having him on. Uh, we are uh, going to get to him and want to make sure we do on time here. Uh, looking at a low tonight at 38. Tomorrow, sunny and 65. I think this is perfect weather. I kind of like the layers. I like the layer. But when I go out and it's, you know, a few degrees like a freezer. Warm. It's a freezer around here because you... You like it cold for some reason. You're like the, the I don't Mr. like sweating. Or something. I don't like sweating. Do you like to sit around and sweat, stewing your own juices? Get at a moderate temperature. Have my hoodie off. Be comfortable. I mean, this is nothing. Like I've kept studios like ice boxes. Before. See your own breath. Yeah, I'd rather have it cold like that. I want it so cold that you could feel it. On your hands, how cold it is. Yeah, condensation building up on the glass. Well, that has to do with a balance issue and, and how the rest of the building is. I don't think it's that cold. Actually, I think it's it's okay. I, to me, it should be colder in here. But like outside today, I can wear like a long sleeve and a vest and a jacket. Oh Yeah, it's cool outside. I think that's a smart look, so I, I like it. Okay. I like to have a... But then... Like yesterday, I was in work pants and a like a t-shirt, and I didn't think that was. I, I don't like that look. I like this look where I can dress like Lands End catalog. Enjoy it while you got it. Well, it's going to be gone in just a couple. On here soon. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, because of the rain, I guess it's going to stay kind of uh, cool as well, sixty-eight. But there's an eighty percent chance of rain, and that rain chance is mainly during the day. Yeah. I'm not going to break down the hour by hour because I think that we're too far out for that. But as long as there's no lightning, I think you'd be fine to – I think the the chance of a thunderstorm is more at night, isn't it? And there's a 90% chance of rain Saturday night. So, I mean, just go out and wear a poncho. You don't have anything to do with the the football scrimmage this weekend? No? You got – wear a poncho, intern Joe, on – or a raincoat on uh, whatever day you're – if you're working Saturday. All right? the softball 
Uh, 40% chance of rain at 74 on Sunday. And then uh, next week's looking gorgeous, especially early. 71 Monday. That upper 50s to low 70s, I'm down with that. We're getting we're, that spring weather. Yeah, but we're getting into like the middle 80s next week. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, not a fan. Back to that summer weather. Humidity I is probably out there. I summer pretty well last year. I It wasn't like terrible. We were all inside in summer. Well, that was yeah. true. That was that, that a lot of that was, it was in the air. I was in the it was ice freezing. Box. Right. It was freezing indoors. Oh, you'd be what, like at home. You would. I keep it on an ungodly low number. Now, I pay the bills. So, I mean, I keep it on whatever the hell I want. Whatever you want. Exactly. My house, my rules, baby. But um, be skating around the house. Go, so be it. You know. All right. We got to go because we got Kirkpatrick in five minutes. And uh, Ben always tells me, oh, this update will be 90 seconds. And then it's like three and a half minutes. Uh, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying your timing sometimes is a little askew. Hey, hey. So Donnie K will join us. We'll talk all ECU football for the balance of the hour coming up. He'll get, he'll join us telephonically. But right now, Ben Byron with an update on uh, the Pirate Nation and beyond. Right now with an update. The mic started to elevate on me again. Go ahead, Ben. What you got? Thanks, Patrick. A lot from the PGA Tour down in New Orleans in the Zurich Classic. It's partner play in ECLM Harold Varner III and partner Brendan Grace not off to a, the best start. They're 50th on the leaderboards, but they're three under through eight. There's a lot of time left. The current leaders of the Norwegian-born duo of Victor Hoffman and Christopher Ventura, who finished 10 under overall, followed by Tony Finau and Cameron Champ, who are shot back. From the NFL, not too much going on. Giants GM Dave Hogmolly Gettleman said earlier today that the idea of the Giants trading back in the draft is no urban myth and they'll, they'll try to make it happen from the college from college basketball oklahoma forward brady manning transfer transfers to unc after four seasons at oklahoma averaging almost 11 points a game this past season kentucky loses two of their assistants as tony barbie has been hired as central michigan's new head basketball coach while joel justice leaves to be a top assistant at arizona and florida gators star keontae johnson is awaiting medical clearance after collapsing on the court in a game back in december announces that he would not be entering the nba draft and the Carolina Hurricanes are back in action as they remain first place in the Central Division. But they're not the only ones in the division that have a claim for that first place spot as their opponent tonight and the Florida Panthers are also tied for that top spot. It's a winner-take-all game for first place. Puck drop is set for seven. Expect to start in the net for the Canes is James Reimer, while the Panthers are expecting to start Sergei Bobrovsky. That's going to do it for your 94 through the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. One of the ultimate pirates, Donnie Kirkpatrick is with us, CCU Offensive Coordinator. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, great to talk to you. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to be talked to. I'd say that. I appreciate the introduction right there. I don't know if there's anything cooler than being a pirate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that we, we, we definitely have the greatest mascot in professional or college athletics. A pirate is just the ultimate deal. Everybody wants to be a pirate. Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, with us. We got ECU with its uh, final spring scrimmage. Coming up on Saturday, Coach announced that last week. It is at 1 o'clock, free, open to the public. Everybody wants uh, to have the Pirate Nation out uh, at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Forecast still looking a little little soggy, so that makes your job easy. You just call handoffs, right? 
Well, I just go to the press box, and I don't worry about the weather. <laughs> and, uh, that's the nice thing about being up is that the way you don't have to check the forecast for the weather too much. But nah, you know what? I know the forecast doesn't look great. I do hope some people will come out because uh, I think the kids really appreciate that, and I think it kind of juices them up a little bit more. And you know what? It makes it more game like, and 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 you you do want to have a spring practice that prepares you for the ultimate thing is to, is to get better ready for the fall. So I think it makes it a little bit more game like and. Hopefully the weather will hold out. We're 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 if it doesn't lightning, yeah. you know I think we'll go. And you know what? It's good to have some wet ball drills out there. You got to practice that because you'll have a game or two. You know each fall in the rain. Coach, uh, want to ask you about football, particularly ECU football, kind of being the first that went from not able to do anything to now you're living in the protocol of uh, that you kind of played the season in. Uh, but the same protocols kind of that all the other sports on campus have uh, been dealing with here uh, with that practice uh, balance. You guys were kind of the first ones. You're going to be the last ones to appears kind of finish up with a lot of those protocols. And then when you fire things back up later in the summer, uh, hopefully there'll be some new protocols. So it's, it's been an interesting year and a year plus, I guess, for, for you and your, your uh, comrades there on the coaching staff. It's been a year unlike any other, and I hope we don't have another one like this. That's for sure, because though I'm I'm very pleased and we're very proud that we were able to get the season, you know, played as, as much as we could. And, uh, you know, so a lot of great things came from the season. Uh, it surely was missing the atmosphere that college athletics is known for and what makes college athletics so much fun. And then really what makes East Carolina athletics, you know, just the best is just, you know, not being able to have the, the fans in, in full capacity and just not a lot of the uncertainty, you know, of are you going to play this week? You know, how are the test going to come out? You know, the college the football is, is nerve-wracking enough on the coaches. <laughs> you, you have enough anxiety that now twice a week you got to wait to get an email saying that you can come back to work or you can't go to work this week. And so, you know, that that was the, the thing. That I was like, well, I don't need any more stress. You know, i got enough stress. <laughs> I don't need to have to wake up and say, am, am I going to get to coach this week or what are we going to do? You know, you're going to be at home, grooming in meetings and not be able to go to the game. So now the staff's vaccinated. I think we're past that. We're not having to get tested anymore. Right. A lot of the team's vaccinated. Some of them still are a little bit reluctant in that aspect. That's for another show, I guess. But there, so some of them are still getting tested. I don't know when that's going. I heard some good things yesterday announced, you know. So it sounds like things are trending. Uh, and I know we're all excited about getting the ECU football atmosphere back in Dowdy Ficklin, though. I know that. Pirate offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick on the phone with us here. Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Pirates spring scrimmage, final one. Open to the public, 1 o'clock, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Holton Aylers, you asked him to lose weight. Why? Well, you know what? Holton is is a guy that can move and he can run. And one of the evaluations from the season, because you're always trying to figure out how can we get better? You know, what can we do to get better? And one of the things that me and Coach Big John Williams and, and Coach Houston all sat down and, and thought about was – we thought maybe he had lost a little bit of his quickness. We thought he still had his speed once he got going. You know, he made some good long runs last year, uh, but we just felt like maybe that he had lost some quickness. So we, we kind of asked him to 
to take the nutritionist a little bit more serious, not that he didn't, but be more involved in it. And let's trim up a little bit. And, you know, Holton's a, he's a gym rat, you know, as far as like what in football, he, he would literally go out there seven days a week and throw a football for 22 hours uh, a day, I think. You know, he's willing to make whatever the sacrifice to be good is. But we're trying to say, you know, you just don't need to throw all the time. Let's get in the weight room. Let's get with Big John. Let's, let's trim up a little bit. Let's try to get a little bit more, you know, zero to 60 in a quicker uh, time so that we can avoid some of the rush a little bit better and we can make a few more yards, you know, when we do have to scram or when we do some quarterback runs. Uh, and so that's he's worked hard on that. And he really has shown that this spring. Uh, I've noticed it, of course, but the, the defensive coaches have really noticed it. And, and I think everybody in the program, that boy, he's really picked up a step. And, and that, that's exciting because I think that will make him better. Is he poised, Coach, you think, for a, a big year? He is. And, you know, Holton's got more pressure on him than the coaching staff does. I don't know if anybody in college football – you know, has a higher expectation, you know, with the with the fans. And, and, and he's his biggest critic, so he puts a lot of pressure on himself as well because he wants to be great. And he can be, and at times he has been great. When he gets hot, now he's, he's, he's very capable of running the table, running 18, 19, 20 completions off in a row, moving the team down the field, you know. And I think in the last game against SMU, you kind of saw him at his best. We've seen flashes. You know, the first year against Cincinnati, uh, against SMU, there were there's some times when he's the best around. Uh, Holton feels a lot of pressure, though, I think, sometimes. We try to get him to, to rely on his teammates a little bit more, let them go help, let them go help win the game, and not feel like he's got to force things and do everything to win the game. I think, you know, when he got here in this program and they started playing him and not to be critical of anything – he was the future. He was, hey, just go do what you can do, whatever positive play you can make. You're probably our only chance. We were probably still that way the first year a little bit in that we probably didn't have the talent around him to go compete against everybody that we play. We're now getting talent around him. I think he knows that. I think he can sense that from practice. You just play within the system. You just get the ball to the right guy at the right time. Let them go do the heavy lifting and you're going to be an outstanding player. So uh, he's willing to do whatever you ask him to do. That's the beauty of him. He's a very unselfish guy, but he does put a lot of pressure on himself because he wants not only to be great for himself, he wants the Pirates to be the championship team that we weren't we once were. And that's what he came here for, was to bring this team back to the top, and he's determined to get that done. We're talking to ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. Spring practices, final week uh, of that. They're wrapping up. You've got a new uh, running backs coach with uh, Chris Foster, and he's got yep. a couple of nice pieces uh, to, to work with, as do you, with Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. How's the spring been uh, getting Coach Foster and what he brings to the table integrated in and then those two running backs? Well, we've been very fortunate that uh, uh, we had a great running back coach in Darrell Sims, and we were able to replace him with another outstanding uh, coach in Chris Foster. Chris has worked great with the staff. It, it literally, by the second day, it was like he had been with us for six years. He, he knew our system. He was a, a guy that kind of had the same philosophy. and So it's been a very, very good marriage between the two. I think he knew uh, Raji. He knew Keaton from recruiting, you know, from a previous school. 
So he already had a little bit of a relationship with them. They liked him. That was important, I think, to get off to a good start with them. And he's very knowledgeable. He's brought some things to the table. You know, in the in the offensive staff room, you know, my philosophy as the coordinator has, has been, you know, nobody rides for free. Everybody has to ante up. Everybody has to bring something to the table. And so Chris has definitely brought some scheme. He's brought some different drill work. He's brought a tough man mentality that we really, really want our running backs to play with. And so we do have some talent there. Obviously, Raji had a great freshman year. Keaton did too. Both are having good springs. Uh, our only issue is we're a little thin as far as yeah. numbers are there in that in college football or, you know, any kind of football, you, two great ones are is good, but but they get hurt. They get banged up. They take a lot of punishment. So we – we got some new guys coming in in the in the summer, and we're looking forward to making that room a little bit more, you know, uh, depth wise, a little bit better. But uh, we'll ride the two, no doubt. Yeah. Keaton and uh, Raji, you know, I tell them you you'll be tired, you know, by the end of the game. I promise you that. You got Pop coming in too this summer, right? <clears throat> yeah, what a great nickname, right? <laughs> to Pop, and and and, and y'all, the, the people are going to love Pop because Pop, he's got every bit of the personality to carry a nickname like that too and i think he'll fit in is a little bit of a combination of the two between raji and keaton in that he is a big back that's strong and can do some of the things raji does but he also possesses the speed that keaton's got so he'll be a good good combination between the two there we're talking uh, ECU football offensive coordinator Donnie kirkpatrick looking at that side of the ball with coach, uh, coach kirkpatrick here uh this afternoon uh, your uh, staff offensively, too, you get a guy who's, let's just say, seasoned, like you and Coach Shank, uh, Latrell Scott, coming in, a lot of experience, head coaching experience, much like yourself, too. So uh, that's a valuable thing to add, I think, to any staff. Uh, he's working with the tight ends and, and inside receivers. But uh, let's just concentrate on the tight ends here, uh, Coach. It is an aspect of the game, I think, that uh, Coach Houston feels like uh, that you all are going to be able to utilize more in 21. It is. Latrell's been another great addition. And like you say, he's a seasoned veteran. He's had a lot of different roles. He's, he's called plays. He's been the head coach. You know, he's been a receiver coach. He's been a tight end coach. And he's got just a, a really, really good personality. And I think he's a guy that the players have really gravitated toward as well. So, so we, we've enjoyed having him as an addition to the staff. The tight end position for us was really, really thin, you know, when we got here two years ago. In fact, I guess Xavier Smith had been maybe the better tight end of the group, and he'd moved back to, to linebacker when we got here. So we're trying to build that group up, and, you know, we, we, we'd take a step forward, then we'd get somebody hurt or, or whatever. And, and, and I think something in the offense was lacking was maybe getting the ball to the tight end a little bit more. I think, you know, we're starting to get a little more double coverage on Sneed, a little more coverage on, on – CJ last year, we really felt like we got to find a way to get the ball more to the tight end. We got the capability there with, with Shane Calhoun, who was a true freshman. I mean, he went and went past our expectation for what he would do as a freshman. Uh, I think he's really improved again uh, in the spring. Uh, Ryan Jones is an addition that, uh, though he's uh, had a little bit of a concussion here in the spring and missed some time, really has shown ability to go catch the ball and make plays and run with the ball afterwards. Zach Bird's a big guy that, uh, you know, has helped us a little bit at times, had a little bit of an injury plague year last year, 
And then we got a transfer coming in that uh, played a lot of football at Temple, a local kid, Aaron mm-hmm. Jarman, that yeah. we're really excited about too. And so then Brian Gag, who had opted out last year, quarterback, has come back. We've moved him to tight end. Okay. He's gained about 35 pounds. And you know what? He's a guy that you can tell he's played quarterback. He understands the game. He's going to bring some value to that room as well. So got some good depth there. And uh, they're having good springs. And Latrell's doing a great job with them. And we're trying to create some things to get them the ball. Last Saturday, uh, the scrimmage, uh, Shane had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, now, they, now they didn't play that many reps. They played by, you know, maybe half of a game. Each kid did. Shane had three big, huge catches in the ball game and really, I think, got the offense off to a great start in that scrimmage. So some of that's starting to show that we are going to be able to use the tight end in the, in the, in the pass game. Now, they're always going to be a huge factor, I think, in the run game uh, because of the blocking. And, and I don't know if people know how hard it is to play tight end. That used to be kind of the, the dumping ground, you know. It used to be like, well, whoever couldn't be quite good enough to be a receiver or not yeah. quite big enough to be an offense, well, we'll put him at tight end. That used to be the case like, where everybody put the guy strong safety that wasn't quite good enough to play corner, not quite big enough to play linebacker. The game has changed now, and the tight ends have to be everything. They got to be receivers. They got to be offensive linemen. They got to be fullbacks, you know, because nobody really has a true fullback anymore. So it's a complicated position, and Latrell has had to pretty much spend most of his time trying to get all that stuff taught to our tight end. So it, it's a pretty much a full-time job in itself. All right, we're going to grab a break more with Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU Offensive Coordinator. We'll talk about C.J. Johnson's spring. Speaking of local products, Deets on C.J.J. next. Final show of the week, Pirate Baseball on the airwaves tomorrow. Donnie Kirkpatrick, offensive coordinator for ECU, has been good enough to give us some time here this afternoon, and we uh, really appreciate it as we welcome him back in to the Patrick Johnson Show. It's a day off when you have uh, Coach uh, Donnie K on because he's so good. Uh, you just wind him up and let him go here. So, uh, Coach, I, I always enjoy uh, catching up with you. Uh, C.J. Johnson, beginning of the spring, uh, wasn't out there. He finally is back on the field. If there was anybody who needed a spring, C.J. Johnson comes to mind because he, he's never had spring football in his college career. That's, that's a fascinating and flabbergasting uh, fact. Yeah, it really is. I don't know that any of us had totally realized that until maybe even after the season that we started to analyze, you know, what are some strengths, what are some weaknesses that each kid has. And you think, well, those are the things you'll work on this spring. You're like, wow, you know what? Those guys played early. They played as freshmen. They never had a spring practice. So when you're rebuilding a program, you're going to play more young guys, you know, obviously than you are when you're a, you're the better teams in the league, you know, the Cincinnati's, the Central Florida's, you know, the Memphis's that are having so much success. So the spring practice for a rebuilding teams is really, really so important. So uh, we were we were disappointed that CJ couldn't go early, had a little bit of a hamstring deal. But at the same time, you've got to be smart. You can't go out there and lose a kid for the whole summer, you know, that he'll be able to work out or for preseason camp. So you get those hamstrings for those skilled athletes, you got to give them time to heal. And so he's back now. He's full speed. He's doing a good job. He's lost some weight. Mm-hmm. He's a little more explosive. That was something we asked him to do was to trim up a little bit, 
and and we all know this is it, it, the older you get. Now it's not the easiest thing to go back the other way and lose weight. You know, <laughs> we we all know what that's like. I, I can be the poster child for that one. You know, so you, they have to go make a commitment. Yeah, and then at the same time they're lifting, you're feeding them like all kind of food, you know, because you want them to get strong, but they got to eat correctly and they got to really work to keep that weight down, but. The commitment's going to pay off for him. I see more explosiveness. I see him separating a little bit more from the defenders now, and it's making him a little more agile, I think. And he's going to be able to play harder in longer spurts, I think, by trimming up a little bit. Obviously, we know he had the great freshman year. Uh, at times, he can just be absolutely dominant. Now, you know, when you're a freshman and nobody knows who you are, it's a little different than year two after you've embarrassed the team the year before. They're gonna they're gonna have a plan for you. Teams did that this year, and you know his numbers were down. And I think you know, especially being a local kid, everybody you know is a little bit. Uh, what's wrong with CJ? What's going on with CJ? He, he still had six touchdowns in a nine game season, which is still pretty good. And he had only nineteen catches, but he drew fifteen pass interference penalties. So in a way, that's a 15-yard completion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of almost have to, you know, add that to the number. And again, we only played the nine games as opposed to the 12 games, so the numbers aren't going to exactly add up. But at the same time, I think CJ does realize that, you know, boy, you've got to bring it every year, and you've got to really be ready now. Once you kind of got that target on your back, that teams are going to, you know, defend you. And, of course, he and he and Holton go way back. There's a great chemistry between the two, and there's a comforting feeling when the quarterback knows kind of the, you know, the maneuvers or whatever the style of play that a receiver has. And so those two are going to be – they're going to be back on, I feel like, next fall. Uh, we've got Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU Offensive Coordinator. Pirates will have a final spring scrimmage Saturday at 1, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, uh, free and open uh, to the public, of course, with all the COVID-19 uh, protocols uh, that are in place for the other spring uh, sporting events going on right now. Uh, Coach, uh, Tyler Sneed is uh, still frustrating uh, <laughs> frustrating purple and gold defenses in practices and scrimmages. And, and of course, he does that to the opponents. So uh, I, I don't think there's a greater success story uh, in this program and certainly perhaps even in college football than Tyler Sneed. Nah, you, you're dead on it. I mean, he, he truly is the American dream. I'm telling you, a young man that's uh, undersized and has been told his entire life, you're just not big enough to play, you're not good enough to play, or whatever, and then he comes and is a walk-on. And uh, now this is a school that's had some success with some walk-ons. Yep. You know, there's yep. a few Justin Hardys out there that have done the same thing, and, and he came, earned his scholarship, and then, and he's what I tell everybody. I think pound for pound, he's the best football player in the country. Uh, and, and that's not just because he's small, but it's because he's really, really good, too. And he's had two really good seasons for us. And uh, he's had another good spring. Well, we we tried to offensively just to not go out there and say, well, we're just going to go to Snedo all the time. You know, in last week's scrimmage, I think he got about four catches, and then he had a reverse in there that actually got defended pretty good. But – we we don't want to just we know how good Tyler is. We we you know we use the practices and the scrimmages to help develop the younger kids because you never know when he's not going to be available or he gets banged up. You got to get a you got to get somebody backed up. But it's exciting to have him out there. I know our defense has a double bracket Sneed 
caught defensively that they will use to try to, to stop him, you know. And the thing is kind of funny, we were talking about Coach Harrell where it, it, the defense they were running it the other day and it worked a couple of times, but I think he still had about three catches. And they're like, well, that's just embarrassing. If we got two of them on him, he's still making the catch. <laughs> Quit bowing it to him. Okay, you're ruining their confidence. So, so that's just all in fun, though. Uh, Audio Matosho is back, and he showed signs last year. Is this a an opportunity for him to to maybe live up to some of the promise that predates his time as a Pirate? You know it is. There's not a kid that works harder on the football team than Audie. He's he's just phenomenal. He's the first one out there. He's the last one to leave. I think every every practice. So he surely is putting in the time, and he does have the skill. You know, I think. He's he struggled at times to to maybe live up to that because he was such a high recruited kid and went to a big you know time program or whatever and you know coming out of the state of Texas which you know known for their football and the whole bit but he he definitely is a kid that uh, is worked his tail off and and he deserves some success he's our leader in the receiver room I would think he's the most vocal guy and he's had a good spring which he, he always practices well. We surely want to find a way to get him a little more involved in the offense. And, you know, with Blake Pro coming out and going, declaring for the draft early, it's opened up another opportunity for him to take, you know, those, those amount of catches that Blake was getting, which were quite a bit, 50-some, I think, the first year and 40-some last year in a short year. Mm-hmm. So we're really hoping Audie's going to fill that role of, of Blake Pro uh, as well. Any other names at the receiving spots, Coach? You know, Tyler Savage is a young man that uh, that was a red shirt last year that's had a great uh, spring because Tyler's a big – he's kind of big like C.J. And, and and if C.J. doesn't have the best hands on the team, Tyler probably has the best team, hands on the team. And he's made he's made some noise, I think, this spring, as has uh, Jay, Jay Johnson has, who's uh, always been a fast guy and has struggled to catch the ball on a consistent basis. And Coach Dudgeon's got him catching it now. So he found, finally found the right solution, and he's had a really good spring too. So I would say him and then Tashi Hudson, who we moved from quarterback, great athlete, learning to play the position. I think it's starting to click for him a little bit. I know we're getting a little short on time. Got to, uh, at least got to touch on the offensive line and, and Steve Chank. Yeah, we better. We yeah. probably better. They won't block right. if we <laughs> don't say something good about it. Well, you know, Shank, uh, Steve Shankweiler, we love him. Long time, like you, a longtime friend. We've known you guys for years. Uh, I, I know some guys have been a little banged up here, even uh, into the spring. But this group, uh, do you feel like they're kind of rounding out a little bit? You know, I've never seen a group that's had so much injury and so much adversity, you know, and it was like that, I think, a couple of years before we got here. And we haven't been able to stop the trend yet, but I think we're getting closer to that. So the offensive line's done well. Uh, they're, they're a pretty experienced group at most places. We've, we've had a couple of things we've had to change. Fernando Fry, who was the starting center last year, has been out with a back injury. Mm-hmm. All reports are positive that he'll be back next fall. And then Noah Henderson, who has been out as well and was out, you know, for the most part last year, I guess, is getting some positive stuff from the doctors. So we're hoping to get them back. But with with all that happening, we moved Avery Jones into center. And, man, has he taken off at that position. Avery, who played, started, I guess, eight of the nine games for us last year, played in all nine at guard, has done a great job at center. And that may be his future. I think it's opened up some – some things that we can do with a quicker center like that. 
Sean Bailey's back, and Sean, veteran, you know, guy knows what to do. Uh, Bailey Malkovic has gained his weight back after a COVID year yeah. mm-hmm. of being weight down. We could never get the weight back. It's hard to gain weight during the season for those guys. Uh, and is much stronger, and it's just really been dominating, I think, out there on the offensive line. So, uh, Shank obviously does a great job. So, we kind of just, you know, have faith that he'll get them in the right place. And, you know, that's a big thing. We'll never win the conference here until we're good enough up front. And, you know, the years I was here and we were winning the conference or we were competing for the conference, we were good up front on both sides of the ball. We're definitely making some great strides, I think, offensively to get back to being able to be good enough up front to win. I appreciate your time. I want to squeeze one more quick thing in, um, and that is, you know, uh, sometimes you guys will go uh, and kind of collaborate or watch other coaches. Uh, you you obviously know Lincoln Riley uh, and, yeah. and have, uh, you know, collaborated with him a little bit and picked his brain. Anything like that planned for you in this offseason now that maybe you can get out a little more or, or – how is that – anything like that that's planned? You know, yeah, Link's obviously a great friend and, and having worked with him and we we stay in touch a lot. And, and everybody in that family from that staff uh, as well, Dennis Simmons, who's out in Oklahoma, you know, as well. So uh, I normally get to go out and visit with them. I haven't been able to do that, but we've still been able to talk quite a bit. So, yeah, you know, I think – we're getting some influence, though, a little bit more out of the NFL right now. Right. And when I say that, that's because the NFL has become a lot more like the college football scene. You know, with some of the coaches making the, the adjustments or, or just the game in the NFL for a lot of the teams, Kansas City, the Rams, just there's there's quite a few of them are really running more college-type offenses. So now that's become a little bit more of a deal. and. And we're trying to find some things to help us. I felt like we really ran the ball so much better last year, and that was a big goal of ours. I felt like our drop-back game dropped off a little bit, so we are trying to bring that back. We worked really hard on that. Uh, that's a major factor, I think, on third down. And so we're really drawing from some of the guys in the league right now that we've got some connections with. And I won't get into too much specifics in case somebody ever listens to this and tries to scout us with who we're watching, but we are drawing a little bit more probably from the NFL. Yeah. Hey, Coach, thanks for the time. Uh, looking forward to Saturday, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up with you some before the season. All right. I appreciate the time. Thank you, man. The one and only Donnie Kirkpatrick. Pirate football this weekend. Spring scrimmage. 1 o'clock, Dottie Ficklin Stadium, Saturday, Pirate Nation invited. We've got ECU baseball coming your way tomorrow at 1245 airtime for the first of two between the Pirates and UCF on Friday. Second game slated for around 530. Saturday, first pitch at 4 between the Pirates and Knights. Sunday, it'll be a nooner. We'll be back Monday. Cliff Godwin will be with us. We'll recap the Pirates back on the diamond for the weekend. And we'll also get into everything else that uh, has occurred between now and then in the world of sports. See you on Monday. Have a great weekend.